Whether we admit it or not, probably the one thing that we all really want is how to make songwriting easy. There are so many different difficulties with songwriting, whether it's staying creative, right? Getting out of that creative box, not writing songs that all sound the same, getting through an entire song. I know a lot of people struggle with, they write a piece of a song, like a verse or a chorus, but they don't know how to expand on that song. And everything feels so overwhelming because you're sitting there with your guitar or you're sitting there at the piano thinking to yourself, how do I get from nothing or like a basic idea all the way to a completed four minute song. I hear your concerns. And for this 100th episode of Songwriter Theory, we're going to talk about it. As I said in the intro, yes, this is episode 100. Crazy to think that we're here already. We're about to hit two years of songwriter theory, which is pretty exciting. Hopefully you are also excited. And for this episode, we're going to talk about the one thing that I think, if I were to guess, we all really want, right? If I could tell you pretty much everything sort of come down comes down to efficiency and easy, right? Everybody's jealous of that person that makes something difficult look easy, right? When LeBron James dunks the basketball, people say, oh, he makes it look so easy, right? And that's what everybody wants, right? That effortlessness, not because it actually takes no effort necessarily, but because that person is so skilled at that thing that to them, it then feels easy or effortless when for most of us, we wouldn't even know how to begin to do that. So I think at the end of the day, what we really all want is to gain the skills we need to make our ability to do something, make it, make it easy for us to do, right? Like, oh, video editing is easy. Oh, songwriting is easy, right? We all want to be able to say that, not because it actually is easy, but because we have amassed the skills necessary for it to now seem easy to us, even though it is not an easy thing overall. I think that's what we all really want. We're going to talk about three big ideas of how to make songwriting easy. And you'll notice that there's a a little connection with the three free guides I have, because I noticed when I came up with what I thought these big three things are, each one of them is the same sort of concept that those free guides are going off of. So I'll be sure to mention them as they come up. First thing to do, though, to make songwriting easy, lyric writing, right? Lyric writing is the thing we all struggle with the most usually because a lot of people that are songwriters are musicians that decide to start writing. You're rarely a poet who decided to learn music, right? That's usually not how it goes. You're a musician. Poetry is a totally different skill set. So that's why I think on average lyrics are the most weak part of a lot of songs. The music's honestly pretty cool and interesting a lot of times. The musicianship is fine. It's where it's lyrics where it's like, ooh, Right? Like, that's no Robert Frost poem. Not that it needs to be necessarily like that. But if you want to crank up your lyric quality and go from lyric idea and me take you through the six steps to go from that basic idea all the way to a completed full song that you can be really proud of, go pick that up. In the link will be in the description below. First thing to make songwriting easy break everything down into manageable, more easily completable steps. Notice the six-step lyric writing checklist. 
Because here's the thing. It is overwhelming to sit there with your guitar and think to yourself, how do I get from here nothing to an entire four minutes worth of music and lyrics, right? I have to write a first verse lyrics, second verse lyrics, bridge lyrics, chorus lyrics, and that's probably at a minimum, right? You might have two bridges. You might have different lyrics in a different chorus. You might have three verses, right? So right there, there's a bunch of lyrics that I need to write. And then I also need to write the music for all those sections. The verses are probably going to have the same music, okay, but chorus is a totally different section, and then the bridge is a totally different section. And you probably have those three at a minimum, not, not even accounting for, okay, what's the intro going to look like? What's the outro going to look like? Is there going to be, you know, how am I going to connect the chorus back into the second bridge? Not even accounting for all that, right? And then all the parts that go into all of those, right? You have an intro guitar riff, right? Then maybe you have chorus chords and then chorus melody, right? And then you have your verse guitar riff and then you have a verse melody and verse chords, there's a lot going on here, right? There's a lot to write. I understand. So it can be overwhelming if you keep looking at the big picture. But it's kind of like goals, right? <clears throat> they always talk about you need to break goals down, right? If I started this podcast and said to myself, okay, within six months, I want to have a million listeners. Like that's, or, or, or even just like, I want to have a million listeners. That's overwhelming, right? I may never have a million listeners, and I'm not giving myself steps to feel like I'm making progress, right? Because even if I have 10,000 listeners, which is a lot, I'll feel discouraged because like that's nowhere close to a million. But really, if you have 10,000 listeners, that's something to be encouraged by. You went from zero to 10,000, right? Like that's a big step. Similarly, if you say, I want to be a millionaire, like that's fine, right? But give yourself some steps in there, right? Like what's your first step? Having a paid off house maybe? Or, you know, if you have student loans, Pay off student loans, get a zero net worth, right? That's your first step is just to not have a negative net worth. And then, you know, so, so everything in life, you want to break down into manageable steps so that you feel like you're making some progress because otherwise you're going to get discouraged and you're going to quit or it's going to seem too big and too overwhelming for you. And the other thing is we don't have a lot of time often, right? So a lot of times you're going to sit down and you're going to only be able to songwrite for five, ten minutes, half an hour maybe. You know, we don't have time to just get some studio space and just be alone with our music for like two weeks straight, right? That's not, that's not the reality of how this works usually for most of us. Maybe it does for you and in which case, good for you. Awesome. But for most of us, we got to like fit in songwriting in all these different times. But let's say if you write everything thinking big, and you don't give yourself small steps to achieve and break everything down into small steps, you might do half an hour worth of work every single night and make no actual progress just because you haven't broken it down enough, right? You're just too busy looking at the big picture. But what if you say to yourself, okay, I'm going to spend half an hour and I'm just going to work on figuring out an intro guitar riff and I'm going to record it because I listened to last week's podcast or last week's video, depending on whether you're on YouTube or listening via podcast. By the way, if you're on YouTube and you enjoy this content, drop a like. It helps with the YouTube algorithm. And subscribe and click the notification bell because this stuff comes out every single Monday and then I have another show that's on Thursday. <clears throat> Excuse me. That is about breaking down songs. So I listen to a song, I hit pause, and I break down what I think they're doing and 
talk about what we as songwriters can learn from different songs. Um, so anyway, back to the content. You want to have that small goal so that you can sit down and make some progress and record your progress on figuring out that intro guitar riff, right? So at the end of your half hour session, what I would like you to have is a recording of the best intro guitar riff you came up with within that half hour. And you know what? Maybe the next day when you do this again for a half hour, you find a better riff. So maybe you delete the one from the day before, or maybe you don't, maybe keep it, but then keep and record the best riff from that day. Do that after five days and then compare those five riffs you have. And then you can say, okay, this one's the best. Maybe it was day three was the best one you came up with. Now that you can see more objectively, you're not as attached to it because it's been days of you writing, something like that. Now you've broken it into manageable pieces, right? It's, it's like lyric writing. If you sit down with a pen and paper or on Google Docs, if you're like me, and you, and you say, okay, I'm going to write the first verse. And you kind of expect it to be basically the final draft the first time you actually write words. That's insane, right? That's how you either A, get a terrible lyric, or B, it's just too much pressure. So you're not going to write anything. You'll just sit there for 10 minutes. Say it's just 10 minutes that you can spend. You sit there for 10 minutes and you make no progress. You just stare at a blank screen. That's what we want to avoid, right? We don't want that which is what that lyric writing guide does for you, right? There's always something you can do. I talk about an idea sheet, right? Which is, say you have five minutes, just type random ideas in there. You don't have to like think about whether they're good ideas or not yet because that's what the next step of the process is. The next step of the process is looking at your idea sheet or if you have a new idea and figuring out which ones are worth developing. And then you develop the idea and then you write the lyrics, but then you do my iterative lyric writing process, right? And then, so that's some of those six steps that I talk about. That way at each step, you're not putting too much pressure because you're never, you're never ever, at no step in that process are you saying to yourself, oh, this, th I got to jump from here to here and I got to get it right. No, it's all these small, tiny steps that eventually get you to a great end product. And that's what you want to do with all sides of the writing process. Just try to get your song, like write 1% more of your song every day, right? Break it down into small chunks. Don't sit down and say, I have five minutes, let's write the verse. No, you have five minutes. Play around for a little bit. See if you figure out a guitar, a, a piano riff that you like for the verse. Or maybe, you know, you don't even know, maybe it could be another song, it doesn't matter. And then make sure that you're picking a part of the process that you can actually fit into the amount of time, right? So five minutes for an idea sheet. I mean, just as an exercise, you can just type ideas for five minutes and you've made some songwriting progress that day rather than sitting down and saying, okay, I'm going to write the chorus. I only have five minutes, but I'm going to write the chorus, right? I'm going to come up with the lyrics and I'm going to... Insane right? Insane. Or, you know, I, I think some people have it in their heads that they can just sit down and write a song. I mean, you can, but 99% of the time it's terrible, right? We all love that story because almost every artist seems to have that one song that they were just so, you know, somebody just broke up with them or they were just so amazed by the beauty in the world around them that they just sat and wrote a brilliant song in half an hour, or at least so they claim. And you know what? Even I have that story where there's one song that I wrote just boom, 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 half hour, the first draft was almost perfect, little editing afterwards, but for the most part, like 
nailed it first try. But that is exceptionally rare. That should not be your expectation. If, if you think you can do that a lot and most of your songs are that and you think they're pretty good, you're probably wrong and they're not pretty good. Probably. Or maybe you're a prodigy. I don't know. Whatever. Point is, most songs don't fit into that. That's unreasonable expectation. There's a reason why artists come out with a 10-song album every three or four years half the time, right? Like, there's a reason for that. And half those songs are kind of garbage half the time, right? Um, which, by the way, is not you shouldn't shoot for that. But it's the reality. So, number one, break everything down into smaller, more manageable steps. Big, big, big key there. Um, and... Again, that six-step lyric writing guide will give you some insight into how to do that specifically with lyrics. And hopefully, if any of this was confusing to you, that starts to clear it up a little bit, what we're looking at. Number two, constantly attack songwriting from different angles. This one is directly connected to my um, 10 different ways to start writing a song. Um, Not sheet. It's many pages, but uh, guide. That guide... Really what it's trying to do, it is 10 different ways to start writing a song, but really what it is is 10 different angles to write from is really what it is. And those can all be starting angles. But really what it's teaching you is to not keep trying the same method over and over again. Because the reality is if I, let's say I write, I have a great writing day. I take four hours and I come up with four really awesome guitar riffs. Probably I'm now guitar riffed out creatively. That doesn't mean that my creativity's run dry though. Creativity isn't just this, this, this one thing, right? Like you either have creativity or you don't, right? Like some people can be very creative painters, but not be very creative when it comes to writing words, right? Like lyrics or something. That's very common, right? Like the idea that all creativity is like, oh, my creativity's out, my creativity's full. No, that's not how it works. There's some element of that, but for the most part, like you just run out of creativity in certain sections, right? Because now you've exhausted, like four, four guitar riffs in a day is really impressive. If you have four really good guitar riffs that honestly are the beginnings of songs, that's a great writing day. Congratulations, right? Great. Your creativity might not have run dry, though. Go over to the keyboard. Pick up the bass, right? Maybe try singing. Go to your computer. Use your, your keyboard as a synth to get different synth noises. All of those things may inspire you differently, or they will probably inspire you differently, right? The, the way you play piano and the way you play guitar is very different. There's a reason when you write a guitar part, it usually sounds very different than the piano parts that you write if you play both instrument, instruments. Or if you play, a lot of us play at least two instruments. So maybe you played flute and band, for instance, back in the day, right? In high school. Maybe you haven't really done it for a while, but it's still something that like you do, you, or you know how to do, or you remember how to do. And the dogs are making a lot of noise. I'm sorry. I got distracted by that. So the way you play flute, and if you were to write something using your flute, it's probably going to be very different than the guitar, right? Guitar is thinking about rhythm and chords. Flute is thinking exclusively about melody, probably, right? Because you can't play chords on a flute, I'm pretty sure. I think that's correct. Or if you can, it's like two at the same time, two notes, right? Compared to six on the guitar. And then 
even besides that, like a guitar is a very rhythmic instrument. It's usually used for rhythm. Sure, you can use it for melody. That's what a solo is, right? But normally it's something that, especially when we're songwriting, is pretty common to start with strumming, with rhythm. Whereas, of course, there is rhythm in a melody, but it's not really rhythmic-centric, right? A melody is mostly not rhythmic-centric. And so the way you write with a flute is going to be very different. So if you write, start writing a song with your flute, after you started trying to write another song or the same song with a guitar, it's going to have very, very different results. So this is sort of the value of writing from different angles. Think of it like this. If you're dropped in the middle of an island, songwriting is, ex is exploratory in nature, or it should be. So you're not going to find the best variety of hiding spots or the best variety of caves to sleep in or places to sleep or places to hunt. If every single day you wake up and you go towards the river and you go that same direction every single day, that is not going to result in anything outside of you knowing how to do that pretty well. And that's it. But if one day you go towards the river and the other day you hike up the mountain and the other day you decide to do a little trek through the desert, that's how you explore the areas around you. You find different caves. You find different places. You find different places to do hunting or gathering of berries, right? You know, because if you go the same place every day, there might be a, an amazing, amazing group of of like vegetables, right? Somebody already planted a garden for you on this abandoned island that you never knew about and you starved to death a year later because you just never bothered to explore that area. Or maybe a better example is working out, right? If you work out, let's say you just do push-ups. Good luck doing a push-up workout, like just doing push-ups for an entire hour. Good luck, right? Your, your triceps and your chest are going to run out probably 10 minutes in. 10 minutes might even be impressive, right? Especially if you're trying to do them straight. 10 minutes is very impressive. But even with breaks, 10 minutes in, you're going to be you're gonna be dying. And at some point, there's diminishing returns too, right? Like, like first of all, do you want a chest out like to here and, and triceps out to here while you have like no muscle on your legs and abs and all that? First of all, the answer to that should be no. But even, even beyond that, right? Like there's diminishing returns at some point because your chest isn't like, there's only so big that it's, it's muscular that it's going to get. And, and, and at some point, you know, after, I don't know where the line is, but after like say 15 minutes of working out your chest and triceps from there, you know, you get 90% of the results from 15 minutes. But if you do another 45 minutes, you get like 5% more results. That's not worth it. When you could spend that time doing legs for 15 minutes, doing abs for 15 minutes, doing biceps for 15 minutes, right? Because when you do your push-ups, your triceps and your chest will get tired, but your biceps aren't getting tired because you're not working those out, right? So in creativity is the same way. If I do some, some lyric writing, that doesn't mean that my creativity is worn out for then going to the keyboard and doing that typewriting because it's a different type of creativity, right? It's the same way how I, if you don't know, I'm a software developer by day. So I can do eight hours of software development, which is pretty rough on the brain, right? It's a lot of thinking for eight hours. But then after, I can then record this podcast, right? It's full disclosure, it's a Saturday, so I didn't work today. But a lot of times I record these podcasts late at night after I have 
been somewhat creative and certainly been thinking all day doing software. I can't really hardly ever do more software when I get home from work, right? Because I'm softwared out. My creativity, my desire to continue typing code is very low because I did eight hours of it that day. And I probably did eight hours the day before and the day before and the day before if it's a Thursday or something. But I can then come home and then work on songwriter theory. I can plan a podcast. I can, I can record a podcast or video. And then, you know, some days I don't feel like doing that. So those days I can work on my Mount Rushmore of Everything stuff, which if you don't know, I have another YouTube channel. It's called the Mount Rushmore of Everything. Me and my friend Carlo do it. We talk about the Mount Rushmore of different things, like the Mount Rushmore of Pokemon. It's very interesting. Go check it out um, if you want more stuff from me. Uh, it's, it's definitely a different uh, vibe than this, but it's still me. So, hey, if you think I'm remotely entertaining or interesting, go check that stuff out. It's a lot of fun. So anyway, my creativity for that and like researching and figuring out what deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore and why, right? Because we are a firm believer that it's objective um, or it should be objective. It's, it's impossible to prove these things, right? But the idea is it's not a top four. Or it's not our favorite four, right? It's the, the four that truly are the most important and iconic and whatever in that category. So, and then I can then at midnight, decide to do some songwriting so I can be basically using my creative brain all day and not get tired because I pivot from different to different things. I'm attacking from different angles, right? The creativity precisely that I need to write code is not exactly the same creativity as it is to songwrite, which is not the same creativity as it is to talk about songwriting or to research and figure out how, how to communicate with you on songwriting, right? Like what, what are these three steps to make songwriting easy? Stuff like that. So I'm attacking from all different angles so that I don't get too tired in the same way that somebody who works out does triceps for 10 minutes, chest for 10 minutes. Uh, usually those go together, but abs for 10 minutes. And, you know, that person can do an hour and a half, two hour workout. And yeah, their whole body will be aching somewhat by the end, maybe, but they will have gotten better over their entire body and they won't be that tired compared to, again, good luck doing push-ups or just triceps in general for an hour straight. Like, good luck, right? You're just going to get tired and sit there on your phone like half the people at the gym anyway. So that's number two. Constantly attack songwriting from different angles. Number three, I, I, I did four, but... Two, that was number two. This is number three. There we go. Those of you on podcasts are probably confused. I held up three fingers when I said two and then four when I said three. It's all good. It's fine. See, this is why you should watch on YouTube. So <laughs> you get to see my mistakes. Um, so the last one, sorry for hitting the mic. That's my bad, obviously, because it's not like somebody else came along and hit the mic for me. So that's on me. Learn music theory. I know... I know half of you are like, oh, I'm going to shut this off. I don't like this. Saying that you don't want to learn music theory as a songwriter is just so triggering to me because it's like, OK, that's like somebody, uh, somebody who's like, I want to write a book, but I don't want to have to know grammar or English, assuming they're writing a book in English. If they're writing a book in Spanish, then Spanish, Chinese, Chinese, etc. You know what I'm saying? Like, that makes no sense, right? You would be like, what a lazy, lazy 
author, right? You're not a real author because you're not even willing to learn the basics of how to communicate via English with, with proper grammar, right? You're using the wrong there all the time. And come on, right? Like, how silly. In the same way, you who wants to write music as a songwriter, but you don't want to learn the language of music and, you know, how it actually fits together is equally lazy. Actually, probably more lazy because, as I say in my four pillars, free guide on music theory, the four pillars of, of music theory that every songwriter needs to know. There's only four things. Keys, intervals, chords, chord progressions. If you know those four parts of music theory, that will get you 95% of the way there. Other music theory can be helpful, like really understanding sus chords and understanding what a seventh chord gets you and, and understanding inversions of chords and why those are important and how those can affect music and how that influences people in different ways and how it changes the sound of nature of a chord. All of that is extraordinarily helpful for writing because at some point writing music is somewhat manipulating people's emotions. And if you know how to do that because you know music theory, guess how much easier that is? A lot. The answer is a lot. And a songwriter, I've talked about this before, a songwriter is basically a combination of three things, right? And this is why people, and I think I'm going to talk about this next week, but this is part of the reason why a lot of times, like great, people get confused when great musicians aren't good songwriters. And I'm like, oh, I don't understand how that's confusing to anybody, right? Like just because somebody can paint a perfect apple does not mean that they can come up with the creative aspect of of a painting that moves people. Those are two completely different skill sets. The ability to do a paint perfect apple, like the, the artistic skill aspect is helpful, right? But but it's not necessary. That's not and and there's plenty of people, like a, there's plenty of people who can play a piano well. That's a skill, just like catching a ball well. It's not creative though. That's why I don't like performance being called like performance arts. Like, I don't think that's art. It's not creative. If I sit and play on the piano a song somebody else wrote, that is not a creative endeavor. I am playing what somebody else came up with. What is creative about that? Are we really reducing creativity down to, well, it's creative because you slightly add your own style to it. Like, that's like saying a wide receiver who runs routes because they decide to do a juke a little earlier on a route based on how the corner is covering them. Oh, they're creative, right? Like, come on now. Come on. Anyway, different skill sets, right? And I'm not saying one is better than the other. It's just different, right? You can be a great songwriter without being a great musician, and you can be a great musician without being a great songwriter. They're disconnected, right? Just like you can be good behind the camera. That doesn't mean you should direct a movie, right? or write a movie, right? Just because you're a great cinematographer doesn't make you a great movie writer. It doesn't make you a good script writer. Or look at George Lucas. He's a brilliant creative mind. He created a brilliant universe. Star Wars universe is amazing, but he can't write a script to save his life. I mean, like, I, I am largely a prequel defender, but man, there are still a lot of just, I mean, he cannot write dialogue, I just, he, he just can't write dialogue. He's so bad, but he's brilliant in all the other areas. All of these things are loosely connected at best. And as a songwriter, you are a poet, composer, performer, assuming that you songwrite and then perform your songs. 
or record your songs. If you just write songs for other people, maybe you're just a poet composer. But that's what you are. You're a hybrid of things, right? You can't just say, oh, well, I don't need poetry. I don't need to understand lyric writing. I'll just throw lyrics in there. Then your songs are garbage. Similarly, if you just have the same old boring music and you, you're, you don't understand anything about music theory, it's a lot harder to compose interesting music over and over. Sure, you can do maybe an album's worth getting away with doing the same four chords, but it is very limiting. And why limit yourself? I just don't understand the laziness and, and the stubbornness about limiting your own songwriting. Like, I don't understand, I just don't understand how it's not incredibly intuitive that understanding, for example, what notes you have in the key of G, like, how how do you think that's not useful? How? I, like, it makes no sense to me how somebody could honestly think when they're writing a song in the key of E, that it's not helpful to know what notes they have in the key of E, what chords they have in the key of E, and how those chords all sound relative to each other. How is that something you don't think is important? That's music theory. That's what that is. That's part of the four pillars of music theory. And then, just on a practical level, I think it was last week we talked about, or maybe it was this podcast. I don't even remember now because now I'm triggered. (laughs) But anyway, like we all want to make it easy, right? The point is to make songwriting easy. If you don't know music theory, you're the person who probably is like, well, I know that a G chord and a C chord and a D chord go well together. And I know that an E chord and a B major chord and a, and a C sharp minor chord go well together. Have fun with your limited, limited repertoire of chords that you loosely understand go well together, but you don't understand why, and you can't take that knowledge and put it on other keys, right? Because now, if I told you, okay, well, what goes well with with a C-sharp major chord? You have no freaking idea. Why? Because you have no understanding of keys. You don't actually understand anything. You just have this loose, like, oh, these these chords sound good together. What? Useless. Like, come on. Take... I don't know, two hours it takes to learn the basics of music theory. It'll make a world of difference. And here's why I get upset about it. Many reasons. One, I just feel like you don't even deserve to be a songwriter if you're somebody who says, oh, I I care about and I want to learn songwriting, but I'm unwilling to learn the basics of music theory. Like, already, like, you're, good luck, right? And don't tell me the whole, like, oh, the Beatles didn't know music theory. First of all, I'm fairly certain that that's not true. There's a lot of evidence that that's not true, first of all. Second of all, there's always somebody that gets lucky, right? There's always somebody who makes it to the wide receiver as a wide receiver in the NFL despite being lazy because they're so talented that they their talent made up for their laziness. But you know what? They would have been even better if they weren't lazy. The idea that Randy Moss wouldn't have been even better if he wasn't lazy, if he was a better teammate. If Randy Moss got his mental crap together... He would have been the greatest wide receiver of all time. Instead, he's now top five all time, but definitely not as good as Jerry Rice. And Jerry Rice gets ticked about it because he says he's the most talented ever. He should have been the best ever. He's a disappointment because he wasn't. Don't be that. Always maximize your potential. Don't get complacent. Why? Why would you do that? Allow me to illustrate. So what I was going to say, why it upsets me is I started songwriting before I knew music theory. I started songwriting in like 
seventh, eighth grade. I really got serious about it in ninth grade. And I took my first music theory class in 10th or 11th grade. I don't remember now, but after. And my word, did it become a billion times easier to write songs after. In fact, I'd only wrote, written one decent song and I couldn't figure out why something sounded off in it until I took music theory. And then I realized, oh, I had the verse in the key of C and then I had the chorus, or sorry, I had the, the verse in the key of G major and then I had the chorus in the key of C major. That's why it sounds a little weird and wonky and not quite right. Instantly I knew why and better yet, I knew how to fix it because I understood basic music theory. And here's the other thing. Let's say you're a pianist or a guitarist. Either way, you should be able to relate. You don't know music theory. Here's probably what you do when you get to the piano. Maybe not that bad, but I was playing random notes because I don't know what notes go to go together. I don't know because I'm ignorant about music theory and I think that that's fine. Let me illustrate to you what basic understanding of music theory gets you. Get my pedal. And I know I'm triggered now. I'm not yelling at you. Most of you probably already agree with me and you're just telling me, preach it, brother. But for those of you who don't, I care about you and therefore I'm being hard on you so that you take the initiative to learn. something on the spot that actually sounded pretty decent. There are probably a couple moments that were like, oh, that sounds a little bit off because I understood keys and I understand how those chords work together because I understand the four basic pillars of music theory. I understand a lot more than the four basic pillars. But here's the thing, like everything else with diminishing returns, I learned a lot about money. But what I tell people is you could read four books and know 90% of what I know about money. Four books. Meanwhile, I spent like an hour a day for years learning about money and financial stuff and business stuff because that stuff interests me and I love it. But like everything else, there's diminishing returns at some point. So my free guide on the music theory, every songwriter needs to know four pillars. Those four pillars will get you 90% of the way. They will get you all of the way to what I just did. Outside of like, yes, you need to learn how to actually implement it with your instrument. But my understanding of I was, I picked the key of C because I wanted to keep it easy for the moment. And just because it's the first thing that came to mind. Normally key of C kind of bores me to be honest. But anyway, and I know that in the key of C, I have these notes. I know I have those notes. And I know that my C chord, my C chord is my one chord. And I understand what one chord in the context of key of C gets me. I know that my four chord is the F major chord. And I understand more or less how that works within the key and, and how it sounds for a one chord to go to a four chord. I understand how that works. And then I know that my G chord is a G major chord, and that's my five chord, and that my six chord is an A minor chord. And I know that if I want to throw a three chord in there, which a three chord sounds pretty interesting, so one chord, 
I know that I like that three to four transition. And I can do that in another key too, because I fundamentally understand that a three chord, which in this context of this key of C is an E minor chord. I know that that E minor chord to F major chord in the key of C sounds the exact same as a C minor chord to a D major chord sounds in the key of A because it's both a three chord to a four chord. I understand at that level. That's what music theory gets you. It allows you that in half an hour I wrote or I came up with 30 minutes or maybe 28 mi minutes of pretty decent music that sounds good and to work off of. Whereas you, if you don't know music theory, probably came up with a bunch of garbage and wondered, why doesn't it work together? When I played a G chord in the key of G and then I had a C sharp, why did it sound bad? Well, I could tell you that because you're in the key of G, you should be using a C, not a C sharp, because there is no C sharp in the key of G. Therefore, that's why it sounds bad. And if you knew that, you wouldn't have even tried to do a C sharp in there. Which isn't to say that you shouldn't sometimes jump out of your box and, you know, try notes that aren't in the key because you can make that work. But at least you have the foundational knowledge to know what you're doing. So those are my three ways to make songwriting easy. Just for review, the final thing was learn some music theory. For that, constantly attack songwriting from different angles. Number three, break everything down into manageable, more completable steps. Things that are easy to complete small steps that even in five minutes of writing, you can make some tangible progress. That's really, really, really what you want. If this was helpful to you, be sure to drop a like. If you're on YouTube, if you're listening via podcast, go leave a review, preferably on iTunes or Google Podcasts or wherever, uh, wherever you see fit. iTunes, I think, is the most helpful. I appreciate that. I appreciate all of you. I appreciate all of you who reach out to me via email. I enjoy answering your questions. And then sometimes your questions are what spawn different ideas I have for content. Let me know in the comments below if there's something specific you want me to talk about. Also, let me know in the comments below, again, if you're on YouTube, what you think. Which one of these things are you not very good at doing? Which one of these three things are you going to commit yourself to getting better at? Breaking everything down into manageable steps? constantly attacking songwriting from different angles, or learning some music theory in order to make songwriting easier, faster, and make more sense conceptually to you. Which one are you going to do? Preferably all three, right? We all can get better at all three, I think. Um, but regardless, I do appreciate you listening. I appreciate you watching. Be sure to subscribe if you're on YouTube. Click the little notification bell. If you want to see more videos like this, I have videos like this every single Monday. And then on Thursdays, I do what I'm calling songwriter analysis, where I take a song, I analyze it, I break it down, I, we listen to it together, and I break down like what they did at certain parts and why I think it's effective or why I think it's not effective. Um, we're going to go through a bunch of different types of songs. Some will be pop songs, some will be a little less pop songs, like or less popular, and we're going to do songs I like, songs I don't like, uh, a whole bunch of things, because I think we can learn from all different songwriters. If that seems like something you're into, be sure to subscribe and click that notification bell on YouTube. For all of you, again, I appreciate you all so much. I cannot convey that enough. I appreciate those of you that reach out and email me with kind words. I appreciate you that comment kind words, and it, which has happened a lot ever since I really started committing to the YouTube thing. So I appreciate all of you. It really means a lot. I'm glad that this is helpful to you. That's why I'm here, right? I'm not here just, just for funsies. I'm here to make sure I'm teaching and impacting you so that other people can go out and write great songs because 
you know, even if I write great songs, I'm only one person. If I can inspire a million other people to write great songs, that that is effective. And that's what I want. So last thing you can do for me, hey, if you have a friend that you think would be interested in this, let them know about this podcast. But otherwise, I will talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.